With the recent comments from Trevor Bauer saying that he'll basically play for free, we come back to the question, should the Atlanta Braves take the chance? I'll answer that question and many, many more on today's Friday mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast. Always try to include you as much as I can on the podcast and respond to all your questions and comments that you have. And I appreciate all the great ones that you do send in and the bad ones as well. Thank you so much for your support here of Locked On Braves. We're at almost 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're trying to get to 10K by opening day. You can help me do that by hitting the thumbs up button on this video. Just go ahead, take a second. It doesn't take too long and it does help support the show a ton. So thank you so much for doing that. You're listening on the audio version. You can help me out there as well. Leave me a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, all the great places that you can get locked on Braves. I want to give a shout out to those who have joined me live here tonight. Do a lot of these episodes live during the off season. We got Alan Daniel, Chuck McMillan, Rich in here, Jeffrey Humphreys, William Fulgham, Lex Rollins, Arginis, Chris Hester, uh, Brennan, Manny, Lex Rollins, Frankie, and John Edward in here with me right now. Thanks so much for joining me on a Friday night. And it is a mailback Friday episode. As I always say, my favorite episode of the week. You always send a bunch of great, great questions. Before we get into those questions, though, I want to remind you today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet a bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We got a lot of questions to get to today. I will be up front with you. I did not get a chance to prep for a lot of these. I, I generally try to go through and filter some of these and do some prep work before, but it's been a crazy day. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. So I uh, appreciate your patience with me. You may hear some typing as I do a little bit of research on the fly here, but we got a lot of great questions. I believe about 20 questions submitted uh, for today's podcast. And so we will get into all of those. First one here, we're going with the title of the episode. I think there's a couple on this, but the one I'm seeing right now from Rich Gunderlock says, after watching Trevor Bauer on the Theo Vaughn podcast, I'm kind of leaning in his direction, up for minimum salary, and is willing to be cut if there are any issues. Really humble, and he's willing to work to prove himself. Could be the redemption story of the year. Any chance? To answer the question and not go too much deeper into it, no. I think there is no chance. Um, Alan Daniels says, why do you think the Braves or any other MLB team won't take a flyer on Trevor Bauer since he came out stating he would play for minimum plus incentives? Truest Chop says, is Yasiel Puig or Trevor Bauer someone you could ever see the Braves signing? It's hard for me to wrap my head around the idea no team is willing to go near them when they're willing to take a league minimum and or an MLB contract. So several questions surrounding mostly Bauer with the comments he had this week that he just wants to play. 
you know, give him a, a minimum deal, whatever it takes. He says he just wants to play. You can tell in teams that he can cut him if, if issues arise. That said, the Braves aren't going to sign him. I, I don't know that any team is going to take that chance at this point, whatever side of the fence you're on. And I did a whole podcast on this back on November 2nd. I did an entire podcast talking about Trevor Bauer. You want to go back and give that a listen and kind of hear my thoughts on the matter. I think I've even grown more into the thought that no team is going to sign him. I'm not here to tell you whether or not that's right or wrong. I am not up to date on the latest legal matters involving Trevor Bauer. What I understand and what I've been told is that there are still ongoing investigations. I believe that you know, he did, I guess, win uh, the one battle that he had, but I've heard and been told that there are still many other legal battles going on, and I can't imagine any team taking him while there are still open cases out there right now. So I think there's no chance the Braves you know, take him, and I, don't, I really think at this point, I mean, you've heard nothing about any team showing any interest in Trevor Bauer to the point where he's basically begging for a job and I still think he's not going to get one. The Yasiel Puig situation, I don't know as much about that one either. <laughs> I got enough time just to focus on the Braves and what they all have going on. But I've been told, and Lindsey Crosby wrote an article up on this over in Bravestoday.com. You want to Google that and give it a read. I've been told that he has a lot of gambling uh, issues that he has had that is really that are keeping teams away from signing him. As you know, gambling, Major League Baseball, uh, not something that you want to mess around with. So he has his own legal issues as well that's keeping any team from signing him. If you look at the talent, could these two players play in Major League Baseball right now? I, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I don't think anybody really doubts the ability of Trevor Bauer especially, but even Yasiel Puig as well. He's playing in the Caribbean uh, series final right now that I was watching Venezuela up 3 nothing as we started recording over the Dominican Republic. but. I don't think there's any question the talent of those two guys and whether or not they are good enough to be on a big league roster right now. It's just everything that's involved with signing one of them. It's, I mean, look at the attention that Trevor Bauer is getting now, and he's not even with a team. Can you imagine the amount of attention you're going to get once the team that, if a team eventually signs him? I mean, even if he is a good clubhouse guy, and even if he does stay out of trouble, it's still going to be a lot of attention. And I just, I think a lot of teams aren't willing to, to take that on. And, you know, again, right or wrong, I'm not here to play judge and jury. I don't have all the details. I don't have all the facts. Chances are you probably don't either. I'm just telling you from what I'm seeing, it feels like no team wants to take that on right now. And I think the Braves definitely aren't going to take him, take that on either. I got a question sent to me over on email, which you can do shortstopball8 at gmail.com if you'd like to. Richard Cooper with a couple of questions. With the recent trade of Corbin Burns and seeing what it costs, do you think the Braves should have went in for one year of Burns instead of sale? Here's the thing. While the trade for Corbin Burns seems somewhat underwhelming for a Cy Young winner, a, a true ace, a top five pitcher in the game, I'm not sure the Braves could have matched it. I don't think the Braves could have done any better than the, the deal that the, the Brewers got. 
you know, DL Hall that you could say that's pretty similar to an AJ Smith Shaver, somebody who has been a top 100 prospect, has really big upside as a starter, and has some reliever risk. I think you can say the same things about AJ Smith Shaver. They both have control issues. If they put it all together, they could be really good starters. I don't think the Braves have anybody comparable to Joey Ortiz, maybe Ignacio Alvarez, but I still don't think, as much as I love Nacho, I still don't think he's on the level of a Joey Ortiz right now. And the Braves don't have a comp A pick to include in that deal, which is a big part of that deal. So, again, as underwhelming as the deal was, I don't think the Braves could match it. And as a follow-up question from Richard says, do you think A purposely stays away from Boris clients due to how he operates? AA values secrecy and relationships where Boris values using the media and leaks to the media was Burns even an option for us. So the other part of this is, you know, one, I don't think the Braves really could have even matched what the Orioles gave them. And two, I don't think Burns was an option unless there was going to be an extension. I mean, look at even what he did with Sale, getting Sale and then going ahead and just extending him to get a guaranteed two years out of it. I don't think Burns was a realistic option because one, we couldn't afford the price. And two, I don't think there was any chance of extending him possibly because it, he is a Boris client and they won't typically do that. So I don't know that Burns was ever really an option for the Braves. All right, we got so many more questions to get into. That was just a handful of them. I'll get into the rest of those here next. Stop shopping without getting anything in return. Start getting cash back on every purchase you make with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries, beauty supplies, to toys, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $145 per year. That can cover the cost of a shopping trip, Maybe that flight you're wanting to purchase for a big trip coming up, or maybe that game you're looking to purchase. You want to get those tickets to opening day, which are going to cost you at least 100 bucks. Well, you can start saving up for those with Ibotta. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. My wife is addicted to doing this. She gets those receipts, and she uploads them right away. Join the over 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 27,000 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash, and use code LOCKEDONMLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB. I want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can get it on Amazon Fire as well. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, or go find it over on Amazon as well. 
Coming up this next Monitors Monday, I'll be telling you which college baseball prospects to keep an eye on as that season gets underway next weekend. Baseball is so, so close. You already had the Dodgers coming to camp, Braves and others coming to camp next week as well, and college baseball is here. Also next week, I'll tell you the big five is, the five biggest storylines to watch in spring training. So we're getting into our spring training coverage next week. It is here. All right, getting into the list of questions, Chuck McMillan says, is it me or is AA using the White Sox as a 4A team right now? Could the two GMs be colluding for future endeavors? They have Chavez, Pilar, and the list continues. Remember, we do have a player to be named later coming to us at some point from the White Sox. So I don't think there's any collusion at all going on in here. It is pretty interesting. The number of former Braves players that the White Sox have. And I think there's a chance they could trade for Kevin Pillar at some point. They could trade for a Jesse Chavez at some point. Hey, maybe they even trade back for Mike Soroka at some point. Sorry, Michael Soroka at some point. Uh, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to watch that White Sox team this year and how it plays out. A lot of former Braves players there. Bellfire, a couple questions. First one says, what adjustments do you see division winners making to try and overcome the layoff hangover we have seen starting the postseason the last couple of years? I'm out. I'm out of options. I mean, this is it's not just become an issue for teams in this new postseason format. This is a this is a question that many teams have asked for years when you have a team that clinches in the middle of September and they're basically playing meaningless baseball for two weeks and then they're off for four days. It's been an issue for teams for a long time. How do you keep that competitive edge in intensity when essentially you're playing games that, that don't matter much or you're sitting for that long a period? I, nobody knows the answer. That's why it's it's so difficult. They've tried everything. I like what they did last year playing sim games. I mean, I don't know what, you, what more you can do than that. It's really, really tough. And... My biggest issue with it is that it's not on even ground. Yes, it's a disadvantage to have to go through the wild card round, but you win that and you come out of it, you're already in that postseason, you know, feel and intensity going into a, against a team that's cold that's been off for five days, and that's that's my biggest issue. And I don't know what you can't do anything about this in that in this current format because unless you're going to add more teams, which I don't really want to see. You're going to have to have those five days. You're going to have to have that buy for the top two seeds. So I, I don't know what I, I don't know what more you can do. If anybody has any ideas, please send them in to Brian Snicker and let him know because I think that's the question many managers and front offices have been trying to answer, not just in this playoff format, but for for years and years and years. Bellfire says, "What are your expectations for Tyler Matzik this season, coming off injury? Do you think he plays a vital role?" come postseason time. Here's the big thing with Tyler Matzik. What does that fastball velocity look like? You know, that, that was the big key for him before the injury happened. You know, in 2022, the fastball velocity was down to 94.1 miles per hour. Granted, that's what it was in 2020 as well. In 2020, he averaged 94.3 miles per hour. But in 2021, when he was so dominant and so dominant in the postseason, it was averaging... 96. Now, the slider is still really, really good or was still really, really good, a 42.4% whiff rate in 2022. But I think what makes the difference between him being a, a good reliever 
And postseason Tyler Matzik is that fastball velocity. Can he get it back up into the upper 90s with that really good slider? I think that's going to be the key. Look, 2022 wasn't great for him. A 3.5 ERA, a 1.26 whip, less than a K per nine. Still not a terrible reliever, but for in order for him to get back to that dominant level, I got to see what the fastball velocity looks like. So I can't even make a guess right now until I see what that velocity looks like. Not even really in spring training, because it may take a little bit for that velocity to, to tick back up. But you know, as we get into the season, we get into May and June, that's when I'll really be keying in, you know, where's that velocity at for Tyler Matzik and the command as well. I, I hope he is. I would love to see him be a big piece of that bullpen. I'm not counting on it for right now. Uh, again, would love to see it, but it's not something I'm certainly banking on happening. Caden Hurd says, what could you possibly see as an upgrade at the trade deadline and who would you target? So we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves right now. I cannot look that far uh, into the future. Willie Adamas is the obvious one. If he's not moved now, uh, if they decide to move him at the, the deadline, you know, if things aren't going well with Arcia at shortstop, that is just the, the first obvious one that comes to my mind. Um, you know, depending on what the starting pitching looks like at that point, I'm sure, you know, Shane Bieber, uh, something like that could be available at the deadline. Uh, too early right now to kind of know who might be available then and what what needs the Braves might have. Look, if everybody stays healthy and this team stays healthy and everybody performs like we're expecting, what needs are you really going to have at the deadline other than bench? You know, other than, than bench pieces, if the Braves want to go out and upgrade the bench and build some depth there, that's one thing that I could see definitely happening at the deadline. Jordan Griff says, first, I have a statement. Shortstop All has the best show on the internet. I did not pay him to say that, but thank you so much, Jordan. He says, how long will Ronaldo Lopez remain a starter? Is he in the opening day rotation? How long is his leash? Should Snit try resting some guys late in the season to improve playoff performance? Where's the scientific proof that resting guys in the regular season keeps them fresh for the postseason? Like, like I'm not saying it it won't work, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't. But where's the proof? Like, where's the scientific data that says, you know, this team set out player A, they set out Mookie Betts. I, I don't know for you know two games a month for the entire season. And then he just went off in the postseason. Like, where's that data that says that? Now, one thing I'll one thing I'll say is maybe these players need to get used to taking a day off here or there because they seem to struggle coming back from that. Uh, but I, I just don't know that it's proven that resting guys during the regular season really does all that much to keep them fresh for the postseason. So again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Definitely, let's try something else because playing them every day. Hasn't really been working. So, you know, Bellfire asked, you know, what could they do? Well, that's the only thing different they could do they haven't done already is maybe rest some of their guys during the regular season. I just don't know that it's proven that that actually makes much of a difference. As far as the Ronaldo Lopez thing, I think he'll be stretched out in spring training. We'll see how he looks. I think he has a chance to win that fifth starter job. I mean, I think he'll be in the competition. I think ultimately his role is going to be back in the bullpen. And I think the leash eh, probably should be pretty short, depending on what the rest of the guys look like. You know, does Elder look more like first half Elder? 
Does Hurston Waldrop look like he has the command and he's ready? Does A.J. Smith-Shawver look like he has the command and he's ready? Do you trust somebody like Adarius Vines over him? Do you trust a Ronaldo Lopez who hasn't been good as a starter? He still has to prove it. I think he's going to be in the competition in spring training, and I think he'll be stretched out, and maybe you go into the year, if he doesn't get that rotation spot, you use him as kind of a long-inning reliever type of guy. So I think that's how Renato Lopez is going to play out here for spring training and maybe the first month of the season. He's just going to be in that bottle battle for the fifth uh, rotation spot. If he earns it, then I think it's his as long as he continues to prove it. Uh, but he's going to have to earn it along with some in a battle with some others in spring training that also have good chances. All right, several more questions still haven't gotten to yet. I'll answer those here next. It is Super Bowl weekend here. Uh, happy Super Bowl weekend to all of those who celebrate from us here at FanDuel or from FanDuel themselves. FanDuel doesn't live here, but FanDuel is America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, I'm not a big NFL fan, but I'm going to watch it just like all of you because what else are you going to watch this time of year? I love to get together with friends, family, eat my favorite tailgate food, whatever it may be, wait till the game's over, then we pop the confetti because baseball season is here. As we talked about earlier, spring training coming. You can get MLB futures bets over on FanDuel right now, but you want to try to get one more W or maybe a couple more Ws to end off the football season. FanDuel has ways that you can do that during Super Bowl 58. Not only can you bet on the game itself, but they can they have bets on which players score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And like I said earlier, maybe you're like me. You're just a casual fan. You're going, you're going to watch the commercials, whatever it may be. You know nothing about the teams or players. You can also bet on the coin toss. You can bet on the color Gatorade that's going to be poured on the winning head coach. So many ways to get in on the action during Super Bowl Sunday. And now new customers can join and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Also make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel or check us out on Amazon Fire. On Monday, I'll be telling you which college baseball prospects to keep an eye on as the college baseball season gets underway. And then on Tuesday, we'll get into our spring training preview coverage. I'll give you the five biggest storylines to follow this coming up spring training. All right, I got several more questions here. I want to try to get to next one comes from Large Lar, who says, would Johnny Cueto be a good signing on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training? Sure. As I talked about the other day, there's just, other than Trevor Bauer, there's no such thing as a, a high-risk minor league deal. Take a flyer on any of these veterans that you know want to come in and try to prove themselves. Have all the depth that you can possibly have. So, yeah, Johnny Cueto wants to come back, and he wants to do so on a, a minor league deal with a good team that has a chance at winning a World Series. I would be all for it. 
Dustin Mount says, which battle for a spot during spring training are you most excited to watch and why fist starter, bench outfield, or bench infielder? So next week after I give you the five biggest storylines, I'm also going to talk about the best position battles to watch. So we'll cover that next week. But uh, off the top of my head, I, I would have to say the fist starter spot just because I'm really curious to see what happens with A.J. smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop, how much of a look they're given. Are they truly in the battle? Um, that's what I'm really most interested to watch. Look, there's not a, bat, a lot of battles really for this Braves team, but that fifth starter one in particular, mostly because I want to see what happens with the young kids and how much of a look they give Waldrop and A.J. smith Shaver. Truest Chop says, how are pitchers who previously used sticky stuff getting along? I feel like a lot of these guys have ended up getting injured. Do you think there could be a correlation? What are players allowed to use now to get more grip? On hot, humid days, they must be using something. So, I mean, you still have the rosin bag. I want to say, somebody please correct me on this in the YouTube comment section there. I want to say there's something that you can mix with rosin that is legal that you can use, but um, I may be wrong on that. That may be something they used to do that was illegal in the past. I don't know if there's any correlation to pitchers being injured from not being able to use sticky, sticky stuff. Maybe some batters because pitchers don't have as much control, maybe hitting some more batters, but I don't think there's any kind of correlation between not being able to use sticky stuff and pitchers getting injured. You know, there's thoughts out there that the pitcher injuries are up because the, the timer last year, but pitcher injuries have been going up for a long, long time because pitchers are throwing harder than ever. They're putting more spin on the ball than ever before. You're going to see more injuries than ever before, is my opinion on the matter. Leland Hurt says, hey, Jake, Chavez traded to the White Sox, as is Braves custom. Do you think A will try to get Jesse Chavez back during the season? I don't know that he'll try to, but if there's a, a need for a, a long man, a, you know, a swing man in the Braves bullpen, then I could see that possibly happening the problem is the Braves bullpen is just so so deep right now I, I just it's probably why Chavez did end up signing somewhere else because it's really hard to crack this Braves bullpen at the moment but as I've said before bullpens can change on a dime so if something does happen and they want to take another shot on Chavez they certainly can but I don't think he's going to be seeking him out necessarily and then also from Leland, I know you think Ozuna will regress this season, but do you think the Braves will try to move him this year and try getting something for him? Why, though? I don't understand. This is It's the same sort of conversation with Max Freed. Why are you trading an asset when you're in the middle of trying to win a World Series? Like Even if, like I talked about in yesterday's episode, even if Ozuna regresses, he's going to be a top five DH in all of baseball, hitting 250, 260 with, 30 home runs, 90-plus RBIs. He's still going to be really, really good. So, no, I don't think the Braves try to trade him. And also, what are you going to get from Marcelo Zuna? I mean, as great of a season as he's coming off of, I can't imagine there's too many teams that are wanting to trade for Marcelo Zuna, also because of the off-field issues that he has. I, look, it sounds like he's gotten past those, and he's been great in the Braves' clubhouse, but I just don't see many teams – willing to give up too much for Ozuna at this point. All right, try to move through the rest of these kind of quickly. I apologize to those who are with me live. not going to be able to get too much of the comments, but please put your question or comment down in the YouTube section, comment section. I'll get to them there. Jay Cho says, after your regression episode the other day, 
You say the Braves offense is good enough to handle some regression, but is it good enough to win the division if Ozuna, Arcia, and Kelnick are all black holes, upgrade, shortstop, and limit the possibilities? To answer your question, yes. I mean, go look at a go look at a lot of other lineups out there, and you're going to see plenty of black holes in the seven, eight, nine spot in the order. So, to simply answer your question, if Ozuna, Arcia, and Kelnick are below average, you know they're 90 WRC plus players, which I don't think is very likely for all three of them. Most certainly not for Ozuna. I don't think what Ozuna did last year was a fluke. Even if that happens, <laughs> you're still talking about three MVP candidates at the top of your lineup. You're talking about uh, Michael Harris, who I think is still emerging as a hitter. Sean Murphy, who I think is going to have a big year. So I think the Braves offense could even sustain all three of those being below average offensive players. Dustin Mounts, are you surprised by the amount of at least semi-decent free agents still available with pitchers and catchers starting to report this week? I am surprised. All of them bore his clients, which isn't surprising. He is going to hold out to get the best possible deal. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes into spring training and you see a team lose a starting pitcher and then all of a sudden they got to pay that that price for a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery. But, you know, to have so many, to have three like this uh, is, you know, is pretty interesting, whatever you want to call it, surprising. I don't think teams know what to do with Cody Bellinger just because his metrics say that don't support what he did last year. And so I just don't think teams are willing to give him that long-term deal that he's probably looking for. Uh, but it is a bit surprising. Brent Wontanabe says, would you have given the three-year contract that AA gave him and as to mentor instead? No, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I worry about regression with mentor. We didn't necessarily get into it in yesterday's episode. I know somebody in the comments section mentioned it, but I worry a little, about, a little bit about regression for mentor. You remember the beginning of last year, he he what that cutter just was not as effective for him and i did a whole episode on that and why i thought that was the case but i, I do worry about some regression for a mentor so i'm okay giving that deal to Jimenez over mentor brad dixon do you think the braves will give charlie a chance to pitch in spring training talking about charlie culberson I mean, he'll pitch in spring training. The Braves signed him to give him a chance to pitch. I don't know if he'll do it for the big league club or not. He's not on the non-roster invitee list, but he's going to be given an opportunity to pitch. I just don't know that it'll be in big league spring training. And then last one from Brent Watanabe, he says, what are the chances that Smith Shaver ends up like Fulty? Would a shutdown reliever be his floor? I think absolutely his floor. I talked about this earlier when kind of comparing him to D.L. Hall, who ended up becoming a really good reliever for the Orioles last year. I think the floor for A.J. smith Shaver is a setup reliever, a really dominant setup reliever. Um, but certainly, obviously, want him to put it together and, and have some good years. Look, Fulty had some good years. If A.J. smith Shaver comes in and has two to three really good years as a starter, maybe the command doesn't you know get all the way there and he ends up being a reliever. I think that's certainly a possibility. Uh, but that is the floor for him, in my opinion, and this, the ceiling is a number two starter. So, those are the range of outcomes for A.J. smith Shaver. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see this kid develop. I want to see him continue to develop. All right, that's all the questions I'm able to get to on today's episode. I think there's a couple out there that I may have missed. I'll try to answer those in another uh, episode as well. Thank you so much for submitting all of your questions. Thanks so much for joining me live. I see 
D-I-G-I-T-T-B-R in here, Jeffrey Humphreys, Josh, Miguel Freya, Richard Davis, Rivers Teeth in here with me at the end, Jimmy as well, uh, AG7. Thank you so much for joining here with me live on the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, follow us on social media at shortstopball and at lockdown underscore braves. Again, we'll be back on Monday talking about college baseball prospects to watch, and then we'll get into our spring training preview. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves on YouTube and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 